What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 212 of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams. I am here, as always, with Randy Hall. Randy, how you doing tonight? Doing pretty good, man. Had a good fun stuff. night so far, hanging out with family. So let's keep good it rolling. Stuff. Social distancing, I expect. Yeah, it's completely six feet. Good, good, good. Um, thank you guys for joining us. We have a lot on the docket today, so I'm just going to skip the plugs. And if we get to them, we get to them. Um, today, we're going to be doing a risky business segment, which we're going to be looking at NFL draft prospects with the highest risk involved. Uh, we're also going to be doing the ceiling is the roof, which is players with the most potential bang for your buck. And then lastly, uh, but not least, we are doing a fictional football mock draft. We are excited for that. Uh, we don't know who has the first pick yet. It's going to be a live draft. We love these live drafts. Um, but, but yeah, let's let's just get right into it. Um, risky business. So we're going to go position by position. We're going to start with quarterback, as always. Um, my guy is Justin Herbert. I think that with how high he is going to be drafted, Mixed with his mechanical issues and his inaccuracy, I personally think that the risk outweighs the reward for Herbert. Um, I think the her or the reward for Herbert could extend far beyond what I expect it to. Uh, I will acknowledge that. However, I think that there are a lot of issues that people aren't really talking about, and I think he is a risk if you're taking him top five or top six. Randy, what do you think about that? I don't necessarily disagree. I don't think people aren't talking about the risks. I just think they're he's the physical traits. We're just rolling with them, and I don't mind it. He's gonna be he's gonna be pick six probably, with no uh, trades. I guess you should say. Hey man, they've been talking about pick five. Dolphins going could be Herbert over to a, but I mean yeah, Herbert's Herbert's a first round talent. Uh, I don't know. I think in my rankings it's like twenty or so where he's at. Uh, so going up in the top five is definitely a leap, but it's a quarterback. So it's what's going to happen, but he does have his issues. And so does my guy who is your guy and Jordan. <laughs> Love. I figured I'd keep it fair here. Uh, <laughs> yes. Jordan Love really could be a tremendous quarterback. Like there's no doubt in that, but Will be. he <laughs> is below Herbert in my rankings. He's going to be in the first round. It's uh, pretty much a 90% lock, I'd say, at this point, <laughs> just because people are going to want that fifth year. Because if he sits for a year or so, I think he's going to be pretty good. But you get drafted in the first round, a lot of times you can't sit. And that's where I'm scared because just because he has the physical tools doesn't mean anything. His decision making is awful, just as bad as Herbert. Uh, just mm-hmm. saying. He can't read a defense <laughs> and he has this tendency to just say fuck it and throw jackpot balls for no reason. And he does it. It feels like five times a game and it's really scary to watch. Like he should never be throwing those balls and it's, he throws into very tight windows. He just forces everywhere. I understand the arguments of not having great talent uh, to throw to this year, but it still doesn't matter. You can't make those throws and he has too many turnovers. It's just, it's not good, but like I said, if he can sit and improve, he will be good. But first round, he might not have a chance. Yeah. My thing, my my main thing that I've been hitting on lately is he was sitting behind a really shitty offensive line. Um, but 
I love to make excuses for Jordan Love because I love yes. the talent. I love the arm talent. So I, I can say he is very risky at uh, the first round level, at least. Yeah. And I mean, Joe Burrow has risk. He's only had one really good year. He's finally de- like fully developed. Good for him. Dua has risk because of injuries. I think all four of these top four have risk. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think Tua was too obvious. So we kind of yeah. went away from him. Um, let's move on to running back. I chose Cam yeah, Akers. You took the easy one. <laughs> yeah. So people are touting him as a better talent than Dalvin Cook, um, which blows my mind because coming out. I cut. Yeah, coming out. But I thought Dalvin Cook had more talent when he was there. Um, I think that's driving Cam Akers draft stock up, though. I, I think that. He is a probably a, a second round talent, but at the very back end, and with the way scouts are talking, um, with the way, I mean, guys like Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks are touting Cam Akers as as one of the best running backs in this class. Um, I I think he's my fifth running back, so he's going to get drafted highly. But I think there is um, definitely some risk involved. I don't think he makes the right reads. I don't think he can find open holes. I don't think he hits them well once he does find them. So I think there is a lot of risk associated with drafting Cam Akers just for the hype that he's getting. Yeah, I can't disagree. I, I think I also have him fifth right behind Clyde. Yep. Uh, it's it's close, though. I think he's going to be really good, but I also think he's a day two pick, clearly, and I'd lean more towards the third round. So Agreed. if he's going to the second, I understand the worry. And that actually goes along with my worry with the next guy, again, I said Christian took the easy one here. <laughs> I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. I'm sorry, everyone, already. It's not – I listen, he's good. He's really good. He has an argument to be the best running back in this class, uh, just on paper. We're kind of a fantasy show, too, so he's my third running back because I would take the guys that can catch a ball over him. <laughs> uh, if it's not a three-yard dump, really, he hasn't shown a lot of – aptitude to be able to catch those and make a play with it um i think he's going to be a two down roll kind of guy and you can thrive in that i mean look at derrick henry uh, but that's the thing we have derrick henry and that's the sample size <laughs> that's the sample size nick chubb to an extent i guess but he would be a three down if it wasn't for kareem hunt so that's what i'm saying here he has had no legitimate backup for three years now. So he is an overworked workhorse. He has fumbling concerns as well. I have concerns about his just durability and holding the ball. But if we're just talking pure talent, running the ball, he may be the best in the class. But if he's going to the first round, like most of these people are mocking and Christian took at 14 to be a dick. (laughs) That's, that's an awful pick to me. That's, that's where I'm going with this. He shouldn't be a first round talent. I understand if you pick him before J.K. Dobbins because he fits your scheme better, but DeAndre Swift should be the first running back at the board. There shouldn't be a question. Yeah, see, I I tend to think that J.K. is actually the first running back off the board because you have the sample size of Ohio State running backs that have succeeded, and you've basically got one Wisconsin running back in recent memory in Melvin Gordon that has translated well to the NFL, and that guy... <laughs> sure. Yeah. James White and, but different players. Um, I, I think that there is a lot of risk with Jonathan Taylor. He can't really hold on to the ball, whether he's catching it or whether he's running the ball. So I definitely agree with that. Um, I think that's actually the easier one than acres. 
Maybe, but see, like it for me, it's basically just comes down to he has to be in a perfect scheme for him, and that's yeah. I mean we're limiting your choices there, and if we're I mean we're talking about the Titans where he would be a perfect substitute, but they just franchise tag Derrick Henry and they want to keep him around, so mm-hmm. if they do that, Taylor makes no sense. So we're now you're thinking of a rebuilding team that can retool everything to fit him, or the Eagles or Bills to take away your dynasty running backs. <laughs> yeah, but if you do that, if you're drafting him in the first or second round to be a timeshare running back with a guy that you drafted in the second round the last year, yeah, that's, that's a waste of a pick. That's tough. All right, let's move on to receiver. Um, Randy, why don't you go first this time? Oh, yay. All right, I put, uh, I put LaVisca Chenault Jr. Uh, I do like what he brings to the table as an all-around type of guy. But right now, the comp to Cordero Patterson is correct because that's all he is right now. He has been hurt, and he got hurt at the combine. So we have concerns there about durability. And I think, again, here, he has to go to a perfect scheme for him. Uh, you need a perfect offensive mind that can utilize you to your full extent. Uh, but here's the other thing. He's not a true wide receiver because he moved around so often. His route running isn't great. His route tree did expand this last year. I'll give him that, but they're not crisp at all. He tends to gr- like glide up the field when he makes a cut, and it's it's just not good. He's not going to create separation that way. And also, he can't really be a true outside guy because he can't get off a press with moves. Like His only move is, I'm going to run to the sideline and sprint straight up, and I'm going to hope I outspeed you. Yeah, and, but, and he's not the fastest guy. He's not. The, he's fast, but he's not the fastest. He's a big dude. He can run through people. I love it. He has injury problems, though. Mm-hmm. If he can stay healthy and he can go to on a team that can use him all around, I mean, I think in my mock, I had him go to the Ravens in the second. If he's not anywhere near the first, that's perfect for him. If he's at the end of the second. That's incredible. That's where he. That's lower than he should be, in my opinion. But he needs to be a team like that, a team that already has a wide receiver one to an extent, but could use a big body guy like him that they can move them all around the field. I mean, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and him in the backfield, that's a pretty good backfield. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you got triple threats everywhere. But then, he, then again, we're limiting to one team here. I mean, I think there's a bunch of teams that could use him right, but are they going to pick a wide receiver in the second round? Probably not. That's the problem here. Yeah. I mean, I still think that his fit with the Saints is perfect. I think what they tend to do with their talented guys is ideal for him, but he's not going with that, what, 24th or 25th, wherever the Saints pick. 24th. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's crazy that I knew that off the top of my head. It's kind of disgusting. No. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I I think that that would be a good fit for him, but he's probably not going to go there. He shouldn't go there. And that's the thing. If he goes there, that's a great scheme fit for him. Amazing. He's not worth the 24th pick. No, I agree. I agree there. And here's another guy that I don't believe is worth a first round pick. And that's Jalen Rager. Um, I will say he is my wide receiver seven, six wide receiver, six. Um, He may have actually moved down recently though, because I watched some more tape, but I think the biggest issue with Jalen Rager is actually his hands. And that's something that Randy and I talked about early in the process where I would watch his film and there would be balls that, I mean, they just bounce off of his hands Sure, some of them are contested a little bit, but when you're that small and your route tree isn't as expansive as some of these other guys, 
I don't think that you can afford those drops. I don't think you're going to stay on the field very long. Um, he's definitely an explosive player. I think that the people that are putting him in front of Ruggs are insane. Um, yeah. They're a bit, they're the same player, except Ruggs is more refined and he can catch the ball over the middle a little bit better. But I don't know, man. If if Rager makes it into the first round, that is scary as hell to me. Yeah, he can't be a wide receiver one. There's just no chance. So no. the only place that he has a semi fit is Green Bay. Yep, and that's and that's the only place I would mock him in the first. I would rather him be a mid second round guy. He has tremendous playing speed. He's great at contested catches. He had an awful quarterback this year. So he, the balls weren't great, but his hands are lacking. He's not soft-handed. He's not sure-handed at all. Catches with his body a good amount, and his route running is not that great. But it's it's good. It's just not that great. It's nowhere comparing him to Rugs is just unfair to him. Agreed. I mean, just because they're both fast doesn't mean they're the same player. Rugs is kind of an all-around player that could play slot and outside, whereas Rager is kind of more of just an outside guy, like you said. He's not. He's not a confident worker in the middle of the field. No. He he gets the the T-Rex arms quite often too. Um which yeah. is fair. I mean he's a little guy. If he gets yeah. up by a middle linebacker, he's yeah. done. <laughs> middle linebacker that's 100 pounds on him, it's going to be a rough hit. I mean Yeah, for sure. Um those are both guys that I think could slip in the draft even further than what we've projected. I I think they could fall to the third if there's a run on receivers. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to tight end. I'll give mine first this time. Um, I went with Harrison Bryant. He's a non-blocking tight end from a small school, and that's risky as it is. Um, The athleticism is there, but then he showed up to the combine and ran a pretty crappy 40 for someone who doesn't block. Um, I think he's just a big slot guy. He could be Irv Smith, but he could also end up being Kobe Fleener, and that's they're different players for sure. I think that Irv Smith is a little more refined. Um, I think he can catch the ball a little bit better. Um, but I also think that Harrison Bryant has has the potential, but taking him as the tight end two or three, like people have been mocking, uh, is a little, little crazy to me, um, especially for someone who's coming from a small school. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, I agree with you on all those points. I mean – uh, I just don't, he, he hasn't shown enough at a, I mean, it's just a step down in talent around him. So it's hard to say that he's going to be anywhere near the guys that we've seen that have been these, uh, outside tight ends, these slot guys, matchup problem guys. So I, I completely agree. I, I wouldn't take him early. I, I think he's a day three guy to me. Yeah. Agreed. Just, just because he's kind of a project and speaking of projects, my guy, Adam Trotman, athletic freak, mm-hmm. but a project. And I think he's one of the biggest projects of the class. He needs a lot of time to get up to speed, as tight ends usually do. Most of the time, tight ends can't really perform the way we'd like in year one, sometimes in the blocking aspect. But when we're actually full go all around tight end, it usually just doesn't add up the first year. And that's fine. We expect it. It's not going to come from this guy year one. Uh, he no. is even a farther step down than Harrison Bryant in talent wise. He has an F- FCS school and he just won because he was more athletic than ever. He was an athletic freak in an FCS. Yeah. That's why he won. He his route running isn't good and he needs to improve everywhere. That's kind of the problem. 
I he does everything kind of good, but needs to improve everywhere. But yeah. route running is the worst, in my opinion, for him. And just this step up in talent around him is going to be really hard for him to adjust to. I don't think we're going to be getting much from him until year three. So if he's going in day two, which I've seen a lot, I think that's bad. I, I think he needs to be in the fourth round just because of how much of a project I think he's going to be. Dude, and I, pe- people have him as their tight end one nowadays. and that, Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's um, insane. <laughs> I, I do think that he has shown a lot of promise, and I think the, the George Kittle comp is warranted to an extent because I think they have similar play styles. Yeah, it's it's a George Kittle comp on the people watching highlight tape that True. is just a, a FCS guy who is shouldn't he shouldn't be an FCS because of his size and talent. He should be a tight end two or three at an SEC school. <laughs> and that's... well maybe. I'm not gonna go that far. I, I do <laughs> like his talent. I'm just saying like to put him as your top tight end is just ridiculous. I understand this tight end class isn't great, but he is not in the same breathing space as Cole Komet. Yeah. Or in my opinion, Hunter Bryant, the other, yeah. the other Bryant, I think, I think those guys offer a little more versatility than especially day one um, than Trapman does. So, yeah. all right, let's move on to offensive line. We grouped the inside and outside guys. Uh, we're both going to be talking about tackles though. Randy, who is your offensive lineman with the most risk? Well, because of the one you took, I took <laughs> a different guy that's been mocked heavily in round one of late. And I just think that's awful. And that's mm-hmm. Austin Jackson. I think he is a day two tackle, and I think he has a chance to be a starter this year. I just wouldn't sit here and be like, yes, that's my left tackle of the future off the bat. He is very, very raw. He doesn't have great technique. His hand placement's all over the place. Balance is a huge concern for this guy. And at an O line position, that cannot be a major concern. It's a reason his tape against AJ Panessa looks like he's a high schooler getting chucked around. It's yeah. ridiculous. It, the, he's got, he's got the length of a tackle that you need, but he just doesn't show this physicality. He can't pick up stunts. Really it, stunts, twists, blitzes. He struggles. His IQ for football is a question mark. As of now, I think if he gets the right coaching, I think he could play day one. I just don't think it's going to be a worthy endeavor. I think it's it's going to be a lot of struggles early on. Yeah, and yeah. If I he's going agree. in the first, if he's going at twenty, I've seen him at I've seen him at eighteen, <laughs> I've seen him at fourteen by dumb people. This yeah. is what I'm saying. He at best he's a second rounder. That's the thing. In my eyes, he should probably be a very late second rounder, early third rounder. I know he's going in the early second round though, and that's why he's up here for me. I think I've got eight tackles I like more than him right now. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, mean he—it's—it's it's literally your, it's technique problem. He has massive technique issues, and then you, at top of that, with the balance problems that he's showing that your guy doesn't show, which is yeah. why your guy is the top of the class. <laughs> right. Yeah. So let's move into him. Makai Becton was mine. I do want to shout Ezra Cleveland. I think that he is a risky pick for where he's being mocked. Uh, I know I'm in the minority there um, for the most part, but let's talk about Makai. He could be the best tackle in this class. He could be a perennial all-pro. He could turn into a Hall of Famer. He's got that raw talent, but the thing is, is it's raw. His technique is raw. 
and that's being generous. Um, he's never really had to hold a pass protection further than maybe two or three seconds because of the scheme that uh, Louisville ran. Drafting a guy highly based on physical traits is always risky, and I think this is the the perfect case of that. Like I said, I, I think that he's going to lean towards that all-pro status. I love what he brings to the table in terms of getting up the field and, and just flattening guys, but he could be a bust, and that's why he made this list. Yeah, I can't blame you. I mean, he is clearly raw, and we haven't seen everything we need to see from him on tape, and he has a legitimate shot to go fourth overall. Oh, yeah. And that's, think, and that's why you have, to, you have to consider him a risk there. Because, what, I mean, like two months ago, well, what, what, what were you? Uh, January was when mm-hmm. you were, maybe early, to, late December, you were starting to hype up back into me. Yeah. And that was, I, I was like, dude, I think he's a first rounder, but I think it's going to be that mid first, which right now would look great to Tampa and uh, Miami. At 14 and, and 15, too, the Broncos. 14, 15, and 18, they would love Beckton. Yep. I don't think he's going there <laughs> because he is just a physical freak. He is literally a monster. <laughs> he is. He's massive, dude. And and I think that if there isn't a run on tackles, there's a chance that he does fall to 14 because I think yeah. the, the teams that are going to be taking tackles might want a more ready guy, which is what you've seen in our recent mocks. Um, we yeah. we went Andrew Thomas at four over Beckton, but man, it, I would take that risk if I'm a GM. But it is super risky. Let's move on to Edge, Randy. Who is your Edge with the most risk? Okay, well, again, you filled all this out first, so you kind of <laughs> took the Stole good ones here. Uh, but I went with Terrell Lewis. Um, the first round hype just has me scared off a bit here. Terrifying. Uh, he is very raw. Uh, I think he made very flashy plays and very good plays. And I do think he's going to be a good guy to have in day two here. I, I think he's going in the second round, but he does have massive injury concerns. And I could see that pushing him down. We're in a season that no one can have physicals. <laughs> so red flags is going to push a lot of people down and just pure physical traits and just rawness may push him down the board. And I think that's best for him. I think he needs pretty good coaching. He has question marks on effort and toughness. And it's just a shock to me to see him in the late first for people. I think if he gets a good coaching staff that has been in place for a couple of years and he remains healthy, like see if he's, if he goes to Seattle, I think he could thrive there. But he, but that's a coaching staff that's entrenched. The team believes in their coach. Like he needs that system. He needs somebody to get the effort out of him. Because if you do, he can be a he can be a stud. I, yeah. I don't think he's going to be your edge rush one really type of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not he's nowhere near guys like Miles Garrett or the Boses or anyone of that. But he could be the second guy that destroys off the edge too because he's not getting double teamed. Yeah. Um... I think he could play like an Olivier Vernon role for the Browns last year where he's quietly productive, but people still hate him. Um, I think that could be Lewis. And injury concerns there too. (laughs) Right, exactly. I think I have him as my seventh edge in a weak edge class, so I fully back that. My eighth edge uh, is Yeter Grossmatos. 
Um, and that is the guy I've chosen here. I think he's got some nice physical traits, but I don't think he's quite put it all together. He has a tendency to disappear. Um, he did have almost 10 sacks last year. I will give him that. He has good bend. He's got all the physical traits, but for whatever reason, when I watch his tape, I am super unimpressed. I know he's been killing the interviews and I know he's probably going to be drafted in the first round. And if not the very early second, and that's what scares me. I, I don't think that he's worth that investment. I know I'm by far in the minority here, um, but I'm going to stick to it. And I think he's the riskiest pick if he's in the back end of that first, or even if he creeps up into the middle of the first. Gross. <laughs> yeah, he, he's definitely a boomer bust kind of guy. Uh, he's raw. Same thing. He needs a lot of tooling, but it's because of the play style he has that he's going up so high. Yeah, well, and he's one of the more true, uh, like, 4-3 edge rushers in this class. Um, so I think that's, like, you look at someone like Lewis, he played mostly outside linebacker and, and rushed off yeah. of that. Um, so you, his scheme fit is more conducive to what the NFL likes to do, but he's just, eh. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the interior of the defensive line. I'll go first. Uh, I chose James Lynch. Um, and, and that's probably not one I stole from Randy because I can acknowledge that I'm a lot higher on Lynch than basically everyone on draft Twitter, draft Facebook, uh, the major guys. I love his production. I think he has some traits, but there's also a reality in which James Lynch isn't even playable because he can't hang with NFL level offensive linemen and where I view him and where I think he could be drafted Definitely makes that a risk. He played edge at Baylor. He's not an edge rusher. Uh, he's probably a three tech because he's definitely not a one tech. And I think yeah. this scheme fit is super important if he's going to be productive or if he's even going to get on the field. Uh, and that's what makes it risky. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the the thing with him is it's hard to say him as well just because he's probably not going to go to the till day three for sure and yeah. so is it how much risk is that but again you like you said it has to be the right fit for him yeah. so all right well my guy is a guy that i've actually seen in the first round which is crazy to me but that's jordan elliott uh why just just absolutely why i i think he's like my eighth d tackle or seventh or eighth like he's low like Emmy, and there's good ones in this class, and I think there's a a lot that are going to go in the second round. He shouldn't be anywhere near that. <laughs> he should be last on that. He is a slow pass rusher, very. Uh, he has no moves really. He often gets out of his stance and stands straight up. Yeah, <laughs> he is the last one on the line to get his hands on the offensive tackle, which means the offensive line has their hands on him. <laughs> Yeah. And that's just awful. He is reading and reacting and processing is just not up to snuff. So no. for me, I think he has a lot of potential. And again, I think this is kind of an effort thing in coaching to an extent, but I, it's just another guy that I think just has to get a coach that's on his ass 24 seven. And that's going to, those are the kind of guys that you always have to worry about in the NFL because yeah. the people that need all the attention sometimes just aren't worth it. Yeah, I mean, he's. I, I think he's a third rounder, and if you're getting him 
in the late first or anywhere in the second that's not the last couple picks i just wouldn't i wouldn't love it yeah i mean i'm not gonna like i think he's an nfl player and i think he has definitely a chance to be the d2 like the d tackle two for a team off the bat so that means he's playing a good amount but that's also a four three system and like we just said it has to be the perfect team for him so it's kind of it's just a guy that i just don't have anywhere near what other people do yeah, I, I think his flashes are impressive. I watched him um, where you can tell he's giving some effort, get to the quarterback in like two seconds. Um, he just <laughs> he just strafed the offensive lineman and he was he was toast. The quarterback was toast. But I think you see more of that inconsistency and lack of effort. And I will definitely agree with you. I think I have him as a late second, but um late second, early third is, is kind of his range and he's being mocked in the first, like you said, which is gross. Um, let's move on to linebacker. My choice is Troy die. Um, <laughs> a linebacker that isn't a great tackler and isn't phenomenal in coverage. Shouldn't even make it on this list, but like Lynch, I view Troy die pretty highly. I think that he has the tools to be a good cover linebacker. When I watch Troy die, I think, Man, that guy looks like Joe, Joe Schobert. I, I think that he does have the ability to make an impact like Schobert did. But if he's drafted in the second or third round, like I view him, I still think that's a risk. I think that he has, kind of like Elliot, a lot of inconsistencies. He had a lot of production, um, but he definitely has the potential to bust. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. and. Uh, I'll just move straight to my guy. I have Willie Gay Jr., who also is getting the same range love as Die, And I think that's kind of a big concern of this draft is we have Simmons and Queen and Murray, and then we're kind of stuck. I, I really like Malik Harrison, but besides that, well, Jordan Brooks too, but Jordan Brooks should be down a bit further too. I mean, so we're we're talking teams going to have to probably reach for a guy in the second round. And that's where we're going to get nervous with these guys. Uh, Gay, just this lack of consistent production. And that comes from him being suspended all the time, all the time (laughs) when he's there, it doesn't seem like he's there all the time. So it's kind the, the, the efforts not there for me. His angles aren't great. His processing seems to be really read and react, but it seems like he's on like a two second tape delay at times and that's really scary for a linebacker because you really need to be the first one moving to that ball and he seems to run straight into blocks and just take himself out of the play too and running yourself into blocks isn't necessarily a bad thing as a linebacker because you can jam up the the block and react off of it but he doesn't do that well so a lot of the times he's just getting kind of shoved where the lineman wants him to go and that's I mean you're not doing any good for your team so I would have him in the third. Uh, I think I'd be more comfortable if he slipped a late third, fourth, but I, there's a chance he goes in the second, just because honestly, I think there's like four guys Well, there's three guys that are going to go in the first or should go in the first. And then there's one guy that should go in the second. <laughs> so to me personally, so these guys are going to end up going earlier than they should just because of a weak class. And it's going to scare me. They, they're they probably not going to get a lot of... Well, if they get a lot of playing time, they're not going to live up to what they should be. And yeah. I just don't think they should get a lot of playing time. 
Yeah. See, I think with Gay, there's a chance that he falls to the fifth or sixth because when you have suspensions and teams really can't interview you, but through Zoom right now, uh, or whatever, probably WebEx now that Zoom's getting hacked and stuff, but uh, I I just don't know where teams are going to view him, but he does have some physical traits, like you said, that'll probably push him up. Um, He he needs coaching. A a lot of it. Simple. And he needs to grow up as a person. Yep, that's, a good that's mentor probably the help. biggest thing. So we're we're looking at entrenched programs again for a guy like this, and at the fifth round, I mean, I think that's good value for the guy. Yeah, but agreed. I just i I could see him slipping, but my worry is he's going to be rising, and I just think that's a bad call. Yeah. All right, let's move on to corner. Uh, you can go first because mine's pretty short. <laughs> uh, I went with Damon Arnett and. I actually love this guy as a player, but there's been mocks of him going to the first, and I think he's a second-round player, but there's a caveat here. He has never really shown the ability to be that outside guy. He's a tremendous slot corner and nickel corner, and I think he's going to excel in the NFL like that, like uh, Fuller does. I think that's a good comp for him, Uh, but I think that's going to be a second-round guy that you know was going to be that position for you. And you're not going to force him to go outside where he's just not going to be comfortable. I think he played tremendous going, basically deferring to guys like Okuda last year and Sean, Sean Wade. Wade. Yeah. Like he was just deferring constantly to them and it allowed him to dominate the middle of the field, which is where he needs to be. But if he's going to the first, he's expected to be an outside corner. Most likely. Yeah. And that's that's just not where he should go. Absolutely. He can't be your cornerback one. He can be your best corner, but he can't be your cornerback one on the outside. I agree with that fully. I think if you look in the second, though, a team like the Browns actually makes sense. Um, yeah. Who could definitely use a, a nickel corner, um, especially with the departure of Demarius Randall. Um, but like you said, he is a nickel corner, and that's there. There is a slew of teams that could use that type of player. And it, anywhere he goes, really, I can't see there's a place that he doesn't fit, really. But, like, let's say that the Raiders drafted him at 19, which shouldn't happen. And it, I haven't seen that either. I've seen him, like, late first. But if the Raiders did that, they already have that slot guy. They don't yep. need that. So that means our Nets playing the outside, who they don't have anyone. <laughs> right. And that's that's scary. Yeah, I agree. Um I'll move on to my guy. It's CJ Henderson. Uh, The description I wrote out is he's a Florida cornerback, Uh, but I guess I'll expand a little bit. I don't think he has the instincts of a top tier corner right now. And people, there are people on draft Twitter saying that CJ Henderson is better than Jeff Okuda. Yeah. Those are the people you just block because they're physically unable to see. I don't know how they're <laughs> tweeting while blind. I, I like the speak function is really good. <laughs> Honestly, man. I mean, CJ Henderson, I believe is still my cornerback too, but he's a Florida corner and I'll just <laughs> leave it at that. Um, yeah, they are, uh, they're a scary breed. They sure <laughs> are. <laughs> uh, I think he is one of the better ones in the last. Yeah. And, and I do too, but I also think he's, uh, mid to late first rounder and I mean you even tried to take him you've been trying to talk me into taking him at nine to the Jags or 
taking him at 12 to the Raiders. And I'm just sitting here like, bro, like, <laughs> like <laughs> let's keep him at 16 or 17 and just leave it at that. I, I still think he's going to get pushed up and I think it's I, I won't disagree, but again, that's why he's on here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to safety. I've got Antoine Winfield jr. This is my guy. I've been touting him for a very long time. I texted Randy probably back in January or early February before all the hype started hinting for this guy that he was, he was my safety one at, at one point, but his injury history alone is risky but his size and just lack of ability to stay on the field throughout his entire college career makes drafting him where I view him, which is basically probably mid to late first, that's a risk. It could pay off. It could be the best risk you ever took, but I don't know that I would do it if I'm a GM. I think especially now in the current climate, Winfield's going to fall and that's going to be perfect for a team. Yeah. us two have been in love with him going to the Browns <laughs> in the early second. And obviously that's an incredible pick for them. Uh, I think he fits exactly what they want, but it's a second round pick. And I, I have him as my safety too. And I think if he's on the field, he he's a stud. But like you said, he has the biggest injury concerns of almost anyone in the class. So. Yeah. But he's got he's got the, he's got it in his blood, so I believe in him. Very true. All right, my guy is Jeremy Chin. I know it's gonna make you a little bit mad. Uh, you. He, I'll be nice. He's average at man coverage. <laughs> That's exactly. the nicest way I can put that. Uh, <laughs> he has kind of this weird hitch when he's trying to turn his hips. It's just kind of a slow moving process to me. It's just not what it needs to be for a stud safety. Uh, I think he is not a great processor, like at all, like almost a napped. Uh, I think he, I think I have him as my fourth safety tie, like tied with Ashton Davis. I, I do like him, but I, that's like late second to me, maybe third. And that, people putting him in the first round and saying he's the second best safety in the class. Some people have him as first best safety. Screw that, dude. I <laughs> He is just a sit and react. He is slow trying to make a play in the ball. And he can be destroyed by just eye candy. Like, yeah. you show him that you show him that opportunity, that little pump fake can destroy him. He he jumps a lot. And he's very just, he's just a step slow to me. And he's not, he's just not a first rounder. I, I think he should be a fourth or fifth safety at the board. Whatever, dude. I'm not gonna comment. I, in, in, <laughs> no, there's plenty. It. There's plenty on the list to like about Chin. Yeah, but there is enough on this list that I just came up with. Yeah, that he should fair. not be anywhere near the first. That's fair. All there, right. There's two safeties that should go in the first, in my opinion, and that's McKinney and Winfield. And Agreed. Winfield won't go in the first because of injury, which means Chin might. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? good for them. Good right. for them. They wasted a pick. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break and hear a word from one of our sponsors. When we come back, we will get into our ceiling is the roof. Welcome back, guys. Let's get into our the ceiling is the roof segment. These are guys that could potentially be the most bang for your buck. Guys with the, the highest ceiling if they reach their full potential. Um, we'll, we'll start with quarterback, as usual. Mine's Jordan Love. 
He's my boy. I think his arm talent is uh, alone is enough for me to put him here, but he wasn't gifted the best set of weapons or protection at Utah State. I think with some NFL players around him, maybe sitting for a year, he does have all pro capability, but the situation has to be right, which is why I think the he 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 hits the ceiling factor. He's not the the safest pick. I will say that. I'll give you that, but you have a lot of excuses, man. We didn't have these excuses to this extent to what uh, Carson Wentz and Josh Allen and uh, see, I gave him for Josh Allen too, so yeah, that's where I'm at. Whatever. All right, <laughs> my guy, who I think is the best diamond in the rough for this quarterback class is Jalen Hurts. He isn't going to go in the first round unless somebody desperately wants that extra year in his contract, which I could see, but I mean, this guy is just a tremendous player. The silent killer feeling about him that gives you that feeling of like Russ. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think he's going to, once he's fully developed, I think he's going to end up somewhere between Russ and Dak. Uh, I don't think he's going to reach the ceiling of Wilson, but I do think he's good, and I think he's going to be an NFL caliber starter and a really good fantasy asset, to be honest with you. He's consistent. He's shown out everywhere he's been, and I love the work he's done on his technique this offseason. And, I, again, he's thrown in shorts. I get it, but at the com- at the combine, his all the little hitches I didn't like were kind of gone. And, I mean, I have to commend the guy for his work, Obviously, that's not live game, and I think he's obviously got to continue to work on this and build and build and build, but he's going to go in the second, and he's not going to start. So he gets to sit behind somebody, and for for not me personally, because <laughs> I don't want him in the vi- in the division, but I think Pittsburgh is a good place for him to go, or even the Colts to an extent, or any anyone like that. Even the Patriots, if they want to really give Hoyer Stidham the ball this year and just let Hertz learn. I mean, there's plenty of places where he can sit and just produce later down the field. And I just really like his talent all around. Yeah. I, these are two quarterbacks. I absolutely love. I've been, I think I've moved Hertz above Herbert in my rankings, which we'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> Randy, who's your running back as well? Okay. Uh, me for this is kind of a diamond in the rough again, and that's Zach Moss. And this is mainly just because there's going to be five running backs that are gone before him. At least. So at least. So this guy's going day three, most likely. And Maybe. he has talent to be at worst a third rounder. This guy's good. He is very good. It, the one knock on him is he doesn't have that long speed. So he he's just not a burner that's going to beat everyone downfield, but he does everything well. Great vision, breaks tackles left and right, instincts that you want, incredible contact balance, which is probably second best in the class behind Swift. I mean, like he, he's incredible contact balance, and I he's not he he leaves some wanting in the passing game, but he does have sufficient hands. He doesn't. Rick the ball like Taylor to me. Uh, he hasn't shown anything amazing, but in that aspect, but I think he's good enough and he'll grow. Uh, and he's a good blocker, to be honest with you. So, and he shows a willingness to compete. And I just love it. And if he's going to be in the fourth or fifth round, that I mean, think about the teams that 
don't have as much draft capital or need to save that money and go for a guy late. I mean, I I personally think Chiefs are going running back around two or three, but if they wait, if they could wait till four and get Zach Moss, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's going to shoot up the rookie drafts probably into the first round. Stop. I don't want that to happen. I want to snag him in the fourth. <laughs> so that won't happen. I can guarantee you that. I'll <laughs> be getting him in the third. <laughs> well, I, I tend to agree with everything you're saying. He was a guy that I actually liked more than you, and I think we flipped on that um, recently. I, I, we, we both have our concerns with him, but most of my concern now is just injury. I think that if he's healthy and he stays on the field, then he's going to produce. So um, yep. I'll, I'll move on to my guy. I have Jonathan Taylor in this slot. I think if he just fixes the bricks that are at the end of his forearms, he's going to be a special player. Uh, whether it's like we talked about earlier, whether it's his fumbling, whether it's his inability to be a good receiving back, those are the two things that if he works on it, he's going to be a great running back. And I, I acknowledged earlier he does have risk because we don't know if he's going to fix those um, those things. But man, if he does, he's a top ten running back in the league, and I yeah. I think he he potentially could hit top three, um, similar uh, top five, similar to Derrick Henry, except with hands. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, and and that's that's what we're going with here, guys. Like we love his talent. Like he's a stud. <laughs> he's an absolute stud. But he has concerns that other guys don't, and that's and that's kind of the big thing. But again, like you said, if he if he can get the work done, and he stays healthy, I mean, I can't see why he can't be Leonard Fournette, Derrick Henry. I mean, yeah. it, what what his goal should be is be Fournette, like, but just with a better work ethic and not punching people. See, I think his goal should be Zeke. <laughs> I think. Zeke's a better Zeke's just a natural pass catcher but that's what I'm saying I think if he works on it he could get to where Zeke was they caught similar amounts of passes in college so yeah (laughs) Zeke ran routes (laughs) that's true yeah but that that's what I mean just because Fournette's just worked so hard and he what he he caught like 70 balls this year or something it was like yeah like if he does that I mean he's gonna be top 10 lock yeah. All right. Moving on to receiver. I'll go first here. I chose Henry Ruggs because he's fast. End of discussion. I th- I, no, I'm just <laughs> no route running, no competitive <laughs> toughness. Well, so the thing is, is I think those are things that he could expand upon and that would make yeah. him uh, the highest ceiling player in this receiving class. But um, just his speed is going to separate him alone. And if he works on the other things, if he works on, uh, really catching the ball over the middle. Um, if he works on just getting behind defenses, which won't be a problem for him whatsoever, um, I think he's a Tyreek Hill type of player, and I'll take Tyreek Hill on any one of my teams if you take away the the woman beating. So, oh, whoa, okay, <laughs> child too. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, my quite possibly favorite receiver in the class, another diamond in the rough here, is Devin Duvernay, and he is going to go second round at best, but he is your ideal slot receiver. He's just special. Like that's my favorite word to describe him. He's just special at slot. He's got tremendous speed and hands, physical ball carrier that does have great wiggle and can break tackles left and right. 
And he is going to be the kind of guy that just demands the ball because he is just always open and he's a workhorse in the middle of the field. And he's, he, and he does have the ability to separate deep too. So he, he is kind of like a picture perfect toughness to be that slot guy to me. And I mean, what I, I mean, we're going to be getting the amazingness that we've gotten from Wes Welker and Julian Edelman from the Patriots from Devin Duvernay to me. Yeah. No matter where he goes anyway, honestly. Yeah, I agree. We've loved this guy from the start. Um, And day one, day one impact. Agreed. Yeah. He's going to get on the field for sure. Uh, Moving on to tight ends. Randy, who's your, your tight end? Man, I, (laughs) you took Hopkins. So I had to go Cole Komet just because I didn't know who else to pick here. I was going to go Thad Moss, but like, but see again, he hasn't, Honestly, I don't think he's gotten by by the name value, but I think he's been shooting up draft boards to an extent because of the name. It's weird because, like, I didn't know. I barely remembered that Randy Moss's son was the tight end at LSU before college football playoffs. Like, I just thought of Thad Moss (laughs) as a good tight end. Well, when you're on an offense with uh, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and all those other guys, that's what happens, I think. Yeah. But getting back to the point, Cole Komet, great at everything. Honestly, solid route runner, soft hands, tough in all aspects, willing blocker, just solid. He has to improve, but I don't know what tight end really has come out that didn't need to improve. So (laughs) I'm not mad. He's the only one for me that has a first round grade and he shouldn't go in the first (laughs) just because he's a tight end. I, I think he's going to go in the middle of the second. I don't know where necessarily he could fall all the way to the end of the second and still go to the Packers and just thrive. I mean, there's a chance of that. And whoever snags him is just going to have a competitor from day one that is already really good and has room to grow. He yeah. is he has room to grow to be one of the top tier tight ends. Which yeah. is what almost I, I would say there's two people, two tight ends on this class that really have that room to grow. Yeah, uh, I think Komet, my comp for him was Jason Witten, young Jason Witten, not Raiders Jason Witten. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I love it. But I went with Bryson Hopkins. I think that if he puts everything together, he could be a valuable weapon in an offense. My initial comp for him was Evan Ingram, and I think I'm going to stick to that. I think that Ingram had better hands coming out. Um, I think he was a more refined route runner, but when I watch Hopkins, I think of Evan Ingram. I just, I can't get off of it. I hope he stays healthier than Evan Ingram and I hope he improves his hands a little bit, but I think if he puts it all together, he could have Evan Ingram type impact. Yeah. And I like the play that he tried to make. Uh, he put on like 15 pounds going to the combine. Uh, and he, I think he had like, like 30 reps bench press so like it was something crazy yeah and i think he ran like a four seven ish or something so that's not good but i think his plan was to have a pro day where he was about 238 and run in the four five late four fives yeah and because of all this corona crap he can't do that so i think he might slip a bit for that and good for whoever gets him i i think he has a chance to be really good he he would be one of the tight ends I'd be willing to draft in a dynasty rookie draft. He yeah. wouldn't be high, mind you. But <laughs> I would for, draft him. 
fourth or fifth. I, I, I think third's a consideration. I mean, you got to fill out your team the right way. You know, I, I know you, you need to work on that a bit, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. All right, let's move on the offensive line. Uh, we both agree that Mackay Becton has the the highest ceiling. He's the most boom-bust player I've ever scouted. We've been doing this, I think I said, three or four years. He could be all pro. Uh, he could be out of the league after his rookie deal. But because of that potential to be an all pro, uh, I think that he has to be here. Randy, there was another guy you wanted to touch on. Yeah, I'm just going to do a quick mention of Josh Jones, uh, like the forgotten first rounder here. <laughs> and uh, he's, in my opinion, he's going to go 14 or 18. And I I think those are good fits for him. I think that's a bit high for him. But if he lives up to these expectations, he's going to be a really good tackle for mm-hmm. a long time. He's very he's just very good. He's raw. He's raw again, just like Becton. But he he's just he doesn't have the physical gifts that Becton does. But yeah. so I mean, I just want to give a small mention. And we agree on edge too with <laughs> Chase Young. I if we're going best bang for your buck. I, I have to pick the best player in the class that's going to go two overall, like, or three or something. I, it's ridiculous. I yeah. I literally couldn't pick another edge that are truly valued at their landing spot in a certain round anywhere near Chase Young, who's going to go at the top of the draft. Yeah, I think you could give a shout to Chase on, uh, because I think that if he uses his tools – and puts it all together, he could be very impactful, but there's going to be no one that's better than Chase Young. Yeah. I think Chase Young it has Hall of Fame potential. So. You, you, can't, you just can't look at him and see that he still has room to grow in his fitness pass rushing skills. Like, this guy is ridiculous. <laughs> he's, like, he's nuts, man. His power is just off the charts, and he already has some moves, and he's just going to continue to grow like every edge always does. They're they're constantly teaching each other moves. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like he is going to be a stud forever, and I yeah. I think I mean I think his floor is clowny. Yeah, which like, cl- that would be worst case with, scenario. Yeah, physical freak with not enough production that you really like. But hey. still, you have to double, triple team because he's a physical freak. Like, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, hey, we're glad that Clowney doesn't have the production because it's driving his price down, and the Browns might get. Um, Never know. Hope so. Uh, let's move on to the interior defensive line. I went with Javon Kinlaw. He's my uh, first defensive tackle that I would draft. His technique is super raw. He's kind of still learning the position. And he was still able to dominate. Once he gets some NFL coaching and continues to learn the position, he could be the best defensive tackle in the league. I think he could rival Aaron Donald um, because he is more of a pass rusher than he is a run stopper. And that's what I value when I'm looking at defensive tackles. Well, I think you're crazy, but my guy is definitely (laughs) along the same line. Uh, I went with Neville Gallimore. I think he's a first-round talent. And he's an incredible gap shooter urgency through every single step his first step may be one of the best in the class i think it could be the best at d tackle uh active hands with perfect placement most of the time effective power and strength has a good pass rush moveset already which kinlaw doesn't have in my opinion so i think he's a little bit more polished in the pass rush uh but he doesn't have as much upside as kinlaw so that's the big thing but his rush defense has 
leaves a lot to desire. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just true. So uh, I think he's going to go in the second and be a starter from day one. And I think he's going to, he's going to do well, but yeah, like I said, I, I think he's, he's one of those guys that we're going to talk about as a guy that's a stud forever. Uh, we, yeah. <laughs> he's not, he's not going to be a hall of famer, but everyone's going to know he's one of the best D tackles. Yeah. Speaking of hall of famers, uh, moving on to oh, linebacker, <laughs> my boy, Isaiah Simmons. Um, I can, I can admit that he might not be as impactful as I tend to think he will be, but everyone has to acknowledge that he could be one of the most diverse, dynamic players we have ever seen play the game of football. And Randy, I know you agree. Um, yeah. But yeah. you I, did. I wrote, yes, he's a god. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I don't fully agree that I think he's like the best bang for your buck only because he's going to go in the top 10. So I do want to give a mention of Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray who are going to be fantastic middle linebackers, <laughs> mm-hmm. which Isaiah Simmons won't be. And they're going to be studs forever. And I really, yeah. really love those two. But Isaiah Simmons, just his versatility, he has to be, if he lives up to potential, he has to be the biggest bang for your buck. Even if he went two overall. Like, yep. if he fully lives up to everything he's possible to do and continues to develop, that's insane. Yeah. Um, another guy, similar nature, Jeff Okuda. I think we agree here as well. He could be the best yes. corner in the league in two to three years. He might be that coming out. I mean, I know he still well. has some room to, to develop, but this guy is one of the more refined guys I've ever watched play the corner yeah. position. It, so his tape is like textbook. Like it's what you would teach somebody how to play corner. <laughs> Like, and then you watch I, his combine drills. My God. Yeah. I mean, those feet, those hips, that movement. Yep. Oh, my God. Blows <laughs> my mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's insane. And, I mean, he's perfect defender. He doesn't get flagged. I mean, what, what more could you want for a lockdown guy to get tested still? Because it's college and people are dumb. And <laughs> it doesn't matter because he's not going to get called for anything because he's almost perfect in everything he does. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And he's the second best player in this class. There's not even a question. Well, third, but... To me. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to safety. Ironically, I put Jared... Yeah, ahead. I'll go first. I'll go first. You go first. He hyped up this guy last round. <laughs> oh, yeah. A guy that is great, but could be a bust. Here, I'm going to talk about why he is great. <laughs> he is it. arguably the best safety in the draft. I do have McKinney over him, but... Honey Badger clone over here in Winfield is incredible. And the major problem here is we're in a year without proper physicals. So he could slip. And whoever picks him in the second round is going to get a stud. If he stays healthy, that it, he's going to show everyone that was the biggest mistake ever. He is just a plain out stud. I mean, if he's healthy, he dominates the field. He needs to probably get a little bit bigger. But do we really want that? Because if you watch his tape, Holy hell. Like <laughs> it is fun to watch. He is all over the field and I just love everything he does and it's literally he is a little bit smaller than you would statistically like and he has some injury concerns. That's it. That like <laughs> and that and it's it's a nitpick at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like he is mm-hmm. a stud just all around. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's that's the guy I chose earlier, and I'll talk about the guy you chose as well. Uh, Jeremy Chin is the guy I, I selected here. He's a freak. He's an athletic freak. I think he has some phenomenal ball skills. I can acknowledge that he isn't the best in man coverage, but if you let him roam and play a little more uh, free safety, I, I wouldn't put him single high because you're going to get burned. But um, if you let him roam, you you bring him off the edge, you bring him on a blitz up the middle, he could be an all-pro safety in five years. And I think the potential there uh, warrants where he'll be selected. I have a first-round grade on him. I didn't say much earlier, but I do have a first-round grade on him because I can try to look past his flaws and see that his athleticism could – I mean, he reminds me of Cam Chancellor. Uh, but so. see, here, here's my major problem with your infatuation with Chin is you always go back to this like I can look past his flaws because of his athleticism and ball skills and his read and coverage. But then you come around again and tell me how much you hate Grant Delpit. And I'm just sitting here like, is this kid retarded? Like, <laughs> I don't understand the hate for one and not the hate for the other. Like, they they both have major glaring issues. It's fair, but but they're both physically gifted athletic freaks that have great playmaking skills and great play. The ball skills are incredible. I mean, yeah. let's be real, but yeah. they both have issues. See, I think the issue of tackling is where I can't get past it with Delpit. I know it's teachable, and I know he was saving I, see, himself. And, and again, that's the thing. Like, I think the tackling is an issue. I think it's a bit overblown just because of a lack of full effort most of the year. And we can sit back and say that's because he was trying to save himself or whatever. But when it comes down to it, you're on a national championship team and you basically just let your two corners carry the team on defense. Yeah. Which which you could because they're great. But it just sucks because if he if he had to fight for everything, he would be probably going in the middle of the first. Yeah. Just and because of just pure pure talent. Yeah. And that's why Chin's getting the hype because he had to fight for everything. But all right, let's take a quick break. Um, we're going to hear from another sponsor. And when we get back, we are going to do our fictional football draft. We couldn't continue putting out these shows without our sponsors. And today the binge kill chill podcast is one of those sponsors. Binge kill chill is hosted by TC and his British co-host who apparently looks like Sweetums from the Muppets. It's a podcast all about the streaming world from the Mandalorian to stranger things to all the new services like HBO max and Peacock binge kill chill has it all. Does it suck? No, it doesn't. You can find Binge Kill Chill on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast. Check it out, and major thank you to Binge Kill Chill for sponsoring this episode. Welcome back. Again, major thank you to Binge Kill Chill. We are about to start our fictional football draft. We are going to do a live coin flip. Randy's going to call it in the air, which is on my computer. Um, (laughs) Randy, call it. Heads. It is tails. I promise okay. I'll send you a screenshot if you want it. <laughs> um, all right. So I am going to choose to have the second overall pick. Ah, crap. Okay. Good. Well. Right. Who's the 101? We're going to go 101. I think quarterback should be the 101 of this. Yep. I have, a, I have three quarterbacks that I truly like. And then I think that could be great people here. 
But because my favorite movie is Any Given Sunday, I'm going to go Steeman Willie Beeman here 101. I think this fits the new NFL. He's a running quarterback. If you let him play his way, just might win. Yeah, I, I definitely like that pick. Um, there are, like you said, a few guys, and I'll, I'll move right into my pick. Um, and I assume you know what's coming. Shane Falco. I need some heart on my team. Um, and, and Shane Falco really exemplified that really miles anyone, anyone can play, yeah, anyone can play <laughs> in the NFL. Uh, so I'm going to choose the replacements quarterback to be my starting quarterback. Man, I, I cannot blame you. And this is kind of a rough pick for me. I have two guys that I just fighting myself to pick. But I'm going to go with Bobby Boucher here at my <laughs> second pick. Let's get the water boy in here. Doesn't matter that Shane Falco <laughs> has the ball because water boy is going to dive over and pile drive his ass. I'm, my I'm, God. I'm not going to lie. That was going to be my pick, but I know. I, and I, I have another guy that I was thinking, but I figured there's a chance he gets back to me. But Bobby Boucher, MVP of every bowl game ever. He's a stud. True. He His is... mama said, knock you the fuck out this time. I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, my second pick, I'm not going to go linebacker because I don't want the same thing to happen that just happened. Um, I am going to go Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire. Um, he's my favorite Ooh. receiver in any uh, fictional football, whether it's movies or or TV shows, Rod Tidwell, he's a freaking god, and he just wants you to show him the money, you know? So Man, and I cannot blame you for the talent. He yeah. is just a stud. Yeah, Plus, but I, I cannot help but being super happy about this, but go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, plus he has a good lawyer. So Yeah, I mean, he's got a great lawyer. You might need that. Uh, but next pick, I got to go with quite possibly my favorite character ever. And that is Tim motherfucking Riggins. <laughs> and I got to go for the bruiser. I got to go for the 18-year-old drunk and just come steaming down the line with this fullback and Tim Riggins just killing everyone in sight. I dig it. Um, oh, no, I don't know where to go now. I've got a lot of guys that I yeah. really want. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with positional value here. I'm going to go Julius Campbell from remember the titans i know he's based on a real person uh so that's kind of unfair however um (laughs) i'd like an edge rusher you know i know he was only in high school but i see the potential and and i'm taking him by now you know he's he's not in high school so he might be i hope he's still alive shout out julius campbell (laughs) (laughs) holy hell all right well unfortunately my next ranked guys are both linebackers, and I can't take them I, I because I've already taken a linebacker. We kind of made a little agreement we wouldn't try and double dip if, if at all possible here. Yep. Uh, so, for me, I got to go with, quite possibly, the best lineman of any movie in Billy Bob. Mm. And from, from, oh, my God, from Varsity Blues. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, I, I was thinking about taking a lineman uh, here I, soon, listen, but now... I got to get that big concussed bastard. Oh, he's so <laughs> great. Such a lovable character. Yeah, he is. Another lovable character. 
do I do it? Do um, it. No, I'm going to go Thad Castle. I said he would get taken in our draft, and I want to stick oh, to he's that. Um, he's my favorite fictional football player of all time. Blue Mountain State is one of the most underrated shows ever. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely the first two seasons were were some of the best television I've ever watched, even though I didn't watch it when it was on television. Thad Castle, oh. if he didn't down, go on a downward spiral, uh, he would have been one hell of an NFL linebacker. And it's all the coke. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, shout out Thad Castle. Thad Castle is an absolute stud. Yeah, what a steal <laughs> in the fourth round of this and draft. I, but it, and it's because I took Bobby Boucher in the second pick. Yeah. Because <laughs> Bobby Boucher is just a game changer. Thad Castle is <laughs> basically, might be the greatest, like, physically gifted linebacker ever <laughs> yeah bobby like, boucher in, is, in the in the movies yeah bobby boucher is isaiah simmons and thad castle is patrick queen in the sense <laughs> i don't know can isaiah simmons throw that 50 yard bomb to the end zone hey we don't Same. know yet we'll see <laughs> all right so i'm in kind of a just dilemma here because i got my quarterback at willie beeman i got my lineman in billy bob i got my fullback in tim riggins and I got my stud linebacker in Bobby Boucher. I don't really need to pick any more defense. Let's be real here. You don't. He did it with the Mud Dogs defensive line. He murdered everyone. That's so true. I'm not scared. I would personally pick probably like Gary Brutier, Brutier here before the car accident. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just because at a pure talent. But yes. because I picked Tim Riggins, I don't feel the overwhelming need to pick a running back here which I know is what you're going to go next. So you sure? you're welcome for leaving Earl Maggot and Craig Shiloh and Smash Williams or Booby Miles, however you want to play that game. So I also shout out to Danny Bateman at linebacker. Love that guy. <laughs> love that crazy bastard. So you and Shark LeVay, Shark LeVay from Any Given Sunday. Oh, mm-hmm. Gotta love those concussions, boys. Okay, <laughs> so because of that, I'm going to go... I think shout out to Deacon Moss, Michael Irvin's character in the longest yard, but I'm going to go Charlie Tweeter for my wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I, I just love, I, I love varsity blues. I'm going to, I'm going to go double down with my two favorite characters from the movie and oh, an amazing slot type guy that just dominated all over the field. Just a true Devin Duvernay, you know, <laughs> just to tie everything in here. You know what? Except drinks more and steals cop cars. I am going to take, and you said I was going running back, and I'm not actually. Surprising. You know what I'm going to do? You were talking up the running back pre-show. That's what I'm bringing up here. I know, yeah. And I am someone who likes drafting running backs. I've I've gone to bat in the real draft, but I think I'm going to go with my my biggest sleeper of this draft, and I hoped he would fall. He is multi-talented. He's the best gadget guy (laughs) you'll ever find. And it's Forrest Gump. Oh, my God. He's Forrest, just a kick returner. It, no, he's a gadget guy. I'm going to use him differently than what he was used at Alabama. Um, I think that he is going to be my kick returner, but he's going to be my Cordero Patterson, Percy Harvin, LaVisca Chanel, all of the above mixed into one. Um, and an offense, Shane Falco throwing to Rod Tidwell and Forrest Gump. I don't know, even if Bobby Boucher gets into the backfield, 
we'll just give the ball to Forrest Gump and he'll just keep on running. So that see, and that's a <laughs> that's the fight everyone wants to see anyway. So I'm kind of glad you got him. Yes. Bobby Boucher versus Forrest Gump up the middle, <laughs> free and clear. Who wins? I've seen that on Twitter like a hundred billion times, and I want to see it in real life. Could never happen, obviously. But I, I don't know, man. I personally. I like your team, but I think I like my team better. I will point out, though, a little bit of concussion issues <laughs> and a lot of partying issues on my team. <laughs> Bobby well, Boucher is the only one that doesn't drink and party, really, and that's because his mama never let him. Uh, I mean, he might now after he, he rode off in that lawnmower. He, oh, he definitely Vic, parties I, now. I guarantee Vicky Valancourt is having him drink stuff that's not water. Yes. Just saying. And definitely not Gatorade. <laughs> well i mean that's because water's better exactly um yeah i mean i feel like my team's pretty good uh yeah. not it's sure how i feel uh draft kind of yeah so uh number one willie beeman number two to me no no, no. go go your team go my your team? team oh my team is shane falco rod tidwell julius campbell Dad Castle and Forrest Gump. Actually, I love my team, bro. My team would yeah. eat years alive. I don't think so, man. <laughs> I, but see, here's the thing: you went more defense than I did because, exactly. besides Campbell, it was pretty much just linebackers, <laughs> 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 and we yeah. weren't supposed to double dip. So I wasn't going to take Chavez and his fighting butt. So Are you sure? Why, why did I, I censor there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out of all times, but I'll run through mine: Steeman, Willie Beeman. The Waterboy, Bobby Boucher, Tim Riggins. Oh, God, I already love it. <laughs> Billy Bob as my the amazing offensive line, which you don't even have one, so what are you going to do? Give the ball to And then, <laughs> then we're going to end it with Charlie Tweeter, who is just probably one of the most fun wide receivers. He wears way too baggy of shoulder pads, by the way. But, you know, you got to love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think our teams are good, but somehow Sean Ward – drafted a better team than us and he'll tell us about it later <laughs> <laughs> he would he would have definitely lost his draft <laughs> oh yeah for sure um, but again but he would have had another good middle linebacker to go with so and true. another good quarterback he could have got alex moran here i yeah. mean we yeah. had somebody tweet us about it he broke what what was it john elway's shitty record <laughs> he got seven <laughs> touchdowns that yeah. no talent hack yeah according to your linebacker by the way <laughs> well don't God, that's, that. that's physically what happened. He <laughs> threw the plaque in the trash you after he correct. broke it. Yes. I, man, <laughs> I don't know, I'll... man. I picked the best offensive lineman, in my opinion. I think I picked the best quarterback for today's NFL. See, uh, I was I, I'm the with... only one with a – well, you have a running back, I guess, in Gump. But I'd rather have Tim Riggins, but I'm more of a partier than you, I guess, too. So <laughs> that kind of influenced my decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I was going to go with uh, Jumbo. Fumiko from the replacements. I see, and I wouldn't mind that. I think, uh, what is it, Lassic from Remember the Titans? Yeah. Yeah. I, think I mean, that's, that's a good one. But I mean, and no running backs really. Um, I got Tim Riggins and you got Forrest Gump. Forrest yeah. Gump's a kick returner. We'll just hand him the ball. Sounds but good. no one's blocking for him. So that's true. Uh, most of my list I, is actually gone, <laughs> which is crazy. I have a lot more. Uh, hold on. Let me get a quick rundown of people. So. There's still Booby Miles and Smash, uh, Gary Bertier, Alex Moran, Craig Shiloh, Earl Maggot, Shark LeVay, Deacon Moss, Spike Hammersmith from Little Giants, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Murphy, the tight end from Replacements. Got to have my deaf guy. 
Paul Crew at quarterback and Danny Bateman. Yeah, you know, I know there's a lot more, but I had to stop at 19. Yeah, like, I, had, <laughs> I had like an hour dug in. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on, I, I have a life. Sorry, <laughs> I had Brian Chavez on my list too. So, see, and I, I don't mind Chavez, but yeah, he's like my Xavier McKinney. I'll take, I'll take that. All right, um, thank you guys for sticking with us. That was a fun draft, um, but that'll wrap up the episode. Follow us on socials at the Cut FFL. Follow our website, officialcutpod.wordpress.com. We tweet good things. We write good things. Uh, I think you'll enjoy them. Make sure you click subscribe and toss us a review. We always appreciate the support. And right now, especially, um, our listens are, are kind of down because people are staying in their house. So, um, yeah. it, <laughs> I mean, they don't have a commute to listen to us. So uh, those reviews would help get us in front of more people. Uh, we would definitely appreciate that. Randy, do you have anything to add before we get out of here? Uh, no, I, I think we're going to tweet out our uh, drafts here. And uh, let's see, maybe we can get a vote going like we did before, even though I incorrectly got last in that vote. I'm just going to say that. Sort of like <laughs> Christmas movies. I did yeah. get sniped on almost every movie I liked, but you people just need to get better taste of christmas movies i think i <laughs> i think i came i tied with you for last and yeah and i think, Nikki like, and sean, I think were. sean won just because he had like uh uh nightmare before christmas and like movie i got sucks. sniped it's it's a good movie but i got i fan. was gonna take it because i knew it was a cult classic hey that's a halloween movie though he cheated <sighs> <laughs> nightmare before christmas it's in the damn title <laughs> nightmare halloween all right. Uh, Christmas is usually a nightmare for a lot of people. Man. That's true. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, so stay posted. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, we always do. So um, once again, for Randy Hall, I am Christian Williams. We will talk to you next week in some capacity. Peace. Peace.